This is Billionaires in Boxes, an award-winning podcast and TV publicist for businesses. Billionaires in Boxes, steady hustle, no stopping. Making it happen, put words into action, and quitting is never an option. No time to be a loser, gonna live the life that you choose to. Time to make a little money and gain some influence with Phil Palucha. Yeah. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes with me, your host, Phil Palucha. Uh, I am joined today by Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy, and he really does. He seems to know everybody. Um, Michael is a phenomenal networker. He is the brains behind both speaker and networking concierge services uh, that are helping the biggest, the best become the biggest and the besterest and the betterer. Uh, So Michael, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. It is so exciting to be here. I've been, you know, listening to your podcast. Uh, you know, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I imagine you probably know quite a few of the people who've been on as well, because you seem to know. Well, I think everybody knows you. <laughs> yeah, I do know quite a few. Well, it, and it's not that I know everybody; it's that I can get to. I can get to anybody. Wait, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, but but you know, through connections, I can get to whoever I need to connect to because you know that whole six degrees. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, but if you get to the connectors, you're two degrees from ever, anyone. I mean, there's probably some like sheep farmer in North Carolina that I can't get in touch with yep. without a bunch of connections. But anyone you like, you actually want to meet, I probably know <laughs> someone who knows them or know someone who knows someone. Who yeah, you don't, them. you don't want to meet sheep farmers. But um, no. nothing wrong with sheep farmers. Anybody that's listening, I don't think we have many sheep farmers. <laughs> uh, but no, I agree. It's like, uh, people are always amazed that uh, that when I talk about podcasting, because I always say, look, podcasting. The power of podcasting is not in the audience. The power of podcasting is in the networking. And it's rare that people kind of fully comprehend what I mean when I say that. But there isn't anybody that I can't meet having this podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. I've won hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business off people who have never even been on the podcast because I call them and invite them and they say, that sounds lovely. I'm really busy at the minute. By the way, can you help us with this? And it leads to business. So even just having yep. a podcast and not interviewing somebody is a beneficial tool. It's just, and and we both know this, there has to be a reason to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. right? And and so many people don't know what that would be. It's like, oh, I'd love to meet Tony Robbins. Like, why? What would you talk to him about? Mm-hmm. Like, and then they usually, even if they do have an idea, they'll go, oh, well, I want this, 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 and this for myself, right? It's like, well, okay, but how does that benefit Tony? Like, how right. does this conversation help him in the slightest? So how does your methodology differ then in terms of, you know, if somebody says to you, let's use him as an example, I want to meet Tony Robbins. Like, how do you go about making that happen? Well, I mean, it would have to come down to, to again, what what would Tony get out of it? Yeah. What's the benefit? So so the, the example that I, I use sometimes is, is maybe you got some kind of tech thing and you're like, you know, if I connect with SpaceX, mm-hmm. this thing on their rockets would do science, science thing, which would make millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I can't get in touch with Elon Musk because I don't have those connections. Yeah. Well, if I know that you have a technology that he'd want to know about, maybe license or partner with or whatnot. Now I can go to my network and say, hey, I know this guy. He's got a technology that that Elon Musk would really want to know about. Uh, you know, his technology on its own, not so valuable, but put that with SpaceX, hugely valuable for everybody. Absolutely. And now they're thinking, oh, well, if I, you know, if they know Elon Musk or they know someone who does, now thinking, oh, if I can make that connection, that's going to be valuable for me. Definitely that's be valuable because always, what's in it for me? Everyone thinks what's in it for me. Nothing wrong with that. That's just how we work. Yep. So, so now they're thinking, oh, wow, you've got this connection. Well, I want to make that connection. I want Elon to be like, oh, thanks for introducing me to Bob because that did make us twenty five million dollars, and uh, you know, I'm buying you lunch next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, you know, it really builds that. But it, it really comes down to what is the value that you bring, and and I it, it, whenever I do a uh, 
a virtual coffee, a one-to-one on, on my Calendly, it says, you know, who would you most like to meet and why? That's cool. And it is very often, you know, so-and-so because it would be fun or it'd be really cool or be, and, and I'm like, okay, good for you. Uh, fortunately, there's other questions as well, which are more yeah. valuable, but it kind of gives me a sense of who they want to meet, but, but mm-hmm. you're totally right. A lot of people, and I think it comes to, th- there's this idea that people have of, you know, who, you know, and mm-hmm. that's your network and you can't do anything with it. Uh, and, and, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't go to Harvard, so I don't know the Harvard connections. I wasn't born rich and connected, so I'm not, I'm not connected. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you in 2014, which is, you know, a mere seven years ago, as we record this it might be eight years ago when we, when this comes out. Uh, but you know, a mere seven years ago, I moved to the town of Groton, Connecticut, knowing absolutely nobody. Mm-hmm. Like I knew my wife, I knew myself, I kind of knew our unborn daughter and that was it. Mm-hmm. But I knew I needed to have connections to do what I wanted to do. So I started just going to events and it's ignorance on fire. I went to every chamber event, every ribbon cutting, backyard barbecue, three people gathering on the corner. Hey, guys, how you doing? Any place I could go to connect with people, I go. And within six months, I was at the point where I was introducing people of note to other people of note Mm. because it's amazing if you're not intentionally networking, how many connections you'd be like, oh, you don't know each other. How can you? And this is locally. Uh, so, you know, within six, nine, 12 months, uh, I was you know making all these connections. And the the business idea I had when I first got there turned out to be a little bit half-baked. So when I had to settle up and just get a job, I didn't look for a job. I just got a job because I had this network. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, can I work for you? And they're like, yeah, sure. Come on. And I got tired mm-hmm. of that job. Wanted to get a different one. Hey, I'm going to work for you now. Okay, sure. And and so, you know, I just built that network from nothing. Um mm-hmm. And, and that's why I ended up writing my book, The Guy Who Knows a Guy, because I realized, wait, I seem to have done something most people are impressed by. To me, it was just kind of like, I want to meet some people. It's common so, sense, yeah. So I'll just do it. And so I wrote down what I did, put it mm. in a book, and people are like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, I, I guess I'm pretty cool. And then the big thing was, was chapter two, you know, phase two was the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And everything went online, and I couldn't network in person anymore, but I still wanted to connect them. And the first big epiphany was when my BNI chapter went virtual. And I said, if my chapter's on Zoom, everyone's chapter's on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I started visiting chapters in Malaysia, Australia, England, uh, Canada, all over the United States. And it made me realize, wait, I can connect to anyone anywhere. And this went from, you know, I, I'm in a county of 250,000 people in Southeast Connecticut that no one's ever heard of. Um, and so, you know, I, I was a, a big fish in a small pond. Mm. And then I'm like, wait, here's the ocean. I could actually get into the whole ocean and get these connections that are a much, you know, much more high level. Mm. Uh, and it, but it was basically the same strategy of go where people are, start making connections, see what happens. And obviously now with experience, I'm a little more refined and sure. Um, and, and zeroed it in. But uh, it's, you know, I started with nothing. With with no connection, not really much money or influence or anything, mm. um, I had access to the internet and a car. And you know, if you got those things, you could do what I did. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I love the fact that you just. How do I word this? Because I mean this in the absolute. Because I love your work. You know I do. And in fact, for our, for our listeners' sake, we're going to be doing a lot of work together. In fact, Michael's mm-hmm. helping us with a lot of summits that we're working on and some networking groups. So stay tuned for that. But it, it, what always fascinates me about your work is it, it reminds me a little bit of kind of how I feel about billionaires in boxes, which, you know, 
a lot of the stuff I'm teaching is just common sense to me, but it's producing phenomenal results for, for everybody that's getting involved. And in fact, it's funny because I actually started the other place. So you, you started in one place. Okay. That business didn't work. So you almost found this by accident, right? Whereas with me, I went too far the other way. So I kind of had this service that was all encompassing, getting people on television, getting people, you know, in documentary series, really kind of creme de la creme in terms of you want to get your credibility out there and get to the top of the industry. This is the way to do it. But it wasn't selling like hotcakes. And I was like, this should be just flying off the shelves. And what I realized was most people hadn't got to the point yet that they'd realized how powerful that was going to be. They still needed to see the, the cash register ring because mm -hmm. of podcasts and summits and like the basic credibility stuff, the stuff at the very beginning. And then I realized, well, I'm just taking this for granted because I've sold the podcast networks and I've sold the businesses using podcasting. So I now just take it for granted. But for other people, this is revolutionary stuff. Like they're plugging this into their business. I, I mean, I can't tell you how emotional it makes me. And it's happened twice this week so far. And we're at the beginning of the week, right? Where people have used the words life-changing. Like this has been life-changing. I Life-changing money, life-changing knowledge, life-changing piece of information. I helped someone craft a whole new offer and it's just been floodgates have opened ever since they did. And that's been completely life-changing. But again, it's stuff that, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's like um, the stuff that we're best at, we almost take for granted that mm -hmm. other people would really value that information because they're not so good at those bits. But mm -hmm. for us, that's just like, oh, yeah. I just do this and this and this and it's done. Well, it's funny as you're saying that. I'm like, you're talking about like I'm not even here about the, uh, the, the crafting the new offer. Mm. Um, because before, before we talked, my focus was on selling what I know. I wrote a book. I'm a network. Oh, I wasn't even referring to you, but you're right. Yeah, we did do a whole new offer with you. You're right. Um, but but yeah, I, I was a networking coach. I'm like, oh, I'll teach you how to do what I do. And what I realized was if you if you're inclined to network and spend the time doing that, mm -hmm. you're inclined to figure it out. You'll do what I did. You'll kind of yep. bumble around. You'll meet a lot of people. You'll read some books. You'll kind of figure. And I think there's people out there who do want networking coaching. So I do, you know, if someone approaches me and says, teach me, I will certainly take their money and teach them. Yep. But but yeah, what, what we talked about was that the real value is in making introductions because right. networking takes time. It does, yeah. A lot of it. I have in, in two and a half weeks here in December, I have 70 appointments on my calendar. <laughs> yeah, I can believe yeah. that. 35 hours of one-to-ones, you know, not to mention the events I'm going to and, mm. and how I'm booking those appointments. So that's basically most of my calendar is building this network and meeting people. Yeah. And most people have a real job. You know, they're designing something or building something or writing something or their accountants doing whatever accountants do. I don't know what they do. I just hire them. Fiddling but, the books. Yeah. They're doing whatever <laughs> they do. So they don't have time to spend. They can't spend 30 hours a, a year networking, let alone 30 hours a month. And so so the big realization is like, oh, well, I can just do it for them. Mm. I've, I've got the network. I can kiss all the frogs and yeah. introduce them to the princes. Well, that so, was that was what the that was where it was kind of most obvious and slapped in the face because it's weird that we're like dissecting this on a podcast, but I think this might actually be helpful for people. But as you were talking, I mean, you just said it there, you know, you were teaching people how to network, but the challenge was if somebody likes the idea of networking, they're probably going to try and figure that stuff out for themselves. Like some mm -hmm. people will want coaching, but the vast majority of people will go, I'm quite chatty. I'm an extrovert. I'm just going to go do that anyway. The people that it's most valuable for, is for like introverts and people that don't like networking because they don't really have those skills. So they want you to help them develop those skills or find a way that they can be comfortable uh, and get their message across. But those people would much rather, not always, but often those people would much rather just say, actually, could you just network for me? That'd be great and make mm -hmm. the introductions. Cause I don't, you know, 
you're always going to be better at this than I am. So why don't you just make the introductions and we'll all make money together? Because, you know, your network is your net worth. And we've all heard that time and again, time and again, right? Now, every day I'm learning something from from people that I'm, that I'm networking with and I'm meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to think that they're learning something from me as well. Uh, but I always say, you know, uh, the day I stop learning is the day I stop earning. Um, and as a result, this is where networking is so powerful. I mean, Michael touched on it about how he was able to just walk into a job because that was what he needed to do or make different connections to people that should know each other, but don't, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is in, in your own life and your own career, you can build that network. You yeah. can start to network with other people. You can be that connector in your industry. And one of the great things that happens there is you, you achieve the same result as becoming a key person of influence within your industry, which is that people start to bring off-market unique opportunities to you before they've spoken to anybody else because Mm -hmm. they want to know who you know that you can plug in. Hey, I've got this business concept. I can do this bit. I need someone that can do this and this, and I want to do it in partnership. Who do you know? The person who can give you that answer and it be a good answer is invaluable in your network. Yeah. Yeah, and and the the amazing thing for me, and and some of it is, is, you know, you don't realize what you have that others don't, because it's easy for you. We talked about that. Um, mm. and, and like when we first, you know, talking about how if people are inclined to it, you know, when I, when I first heard you suggest the idea, mm-hmm. you know, back in June when we first met of you should use your podcast to meet people. And like that sentence, I'm like, done, got it. I'm off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I started, you know, making connections and, and figured out what it was, was able to start executing on that idea. Yeah. Uh, and powerful, right. And, and, you know, that was very powerful, but, but it, <laughs> someone had to say that, yeah, I get that but, too. But, but at the same time, I'm like, well, so anyone could do that, you know? Yeah, like, you know, the, the yeah, old, like, if, if it's yes. so easy, why doesn't everyone do it? Well, like, of course I, they will. But then I don't. Then it's like, a good question. I don't realize until I stop and look back what my network is like now. Because what it was in February of 2020, before the pandemic, was mm. I was, de- you know, if, if you needed a good contractor for your house, I could find you someone who, <laughs> yeah. who would return your call and not rip you off. Um, I could, I could find you some connections with some banks. Like I had a few, I had some pretty decent connections locally, mm. but there's not a lot of millionaires in, in New London County. Um, there's not a lot of you know, major property investors. There's not a lot of, of those. Maybe. And then I thought about it today. Like, so someone came to me today and said, I've got a great idea. I need half a million dollars in funding. Mm. I have people to introduce them to. If someone came to me and said, Hey, I'm putting together a summit. I need 50 speakers. Mm-hmm. I have, I can introduce, I can do that six or seven more, times. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, more you know, I, like whatever it is, like as I'm thinking at this higher level, which I've mm. never, you know, so I, and I always I need love to be careful that. how I talk about this because my initial response is, oh, the pandemic's been great for me. Oh, wait, no, no, tragedy. Pandemic was a terrible tragedy. Oh, no, listen, I'm, I'm, me, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm so yeah. with you. I mean, you know, if, uh, the, I, I was, in fact, I was talking to, to Mel Bibbins. Some of our audience may remember Mel from a previous show, but we were talking to Mel just the other day and, um, I, it was such a weird conversation. I've painted my office behind me. So I painted it and I needed to get some paint and I ordered some and he's like, so you're going to take the day off tomorrow and do it. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to do it tonight. And he's like, you've just ordered it. I was like, yeah, we get same day delivery on most stuff. And he's like, you get same day delivery. I was like, yeah. In fact, with like some of the stuff we get, we get like a one hour time slot. Like it will be here within the hour. Wow. (laughs) And he's like, that's insane. He's like, did you even go to the supermarket? I was like, not since like 2018, 2019. No, I don't, I don't think I've been. And he's like, what do you do? I said, every two weeks, so every fortnight, for the British people listening, um, we 
have a slot that basically is our time slot with with what we get and then throughout the week we'll do a couple of small online shops to kind of top up like if we suddenly decide we want to have mexican night then i can get the ingredients in and Mm -hmm. then here we go and i said i've got to be honest like we didn't feel the the lockdown or the pandemic at all if it wasn't for the fact that i was sick i would don't think i'd have noticed um because you know we we don't go to the supermarkets we go out and we do things and we like to travel as a family so that's been that's been a real pain because we we miss our family in south africa and we really want to go see them and mm-hmm. we're used to seeing them every six months and it's now been two years so it's 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 weird um my little baby niece is just about to turn 15 which just feels completely insane um i don't know when that happened but my <laughs> my point is that you know the pandemic has been a really really good period for us because you know, we've been able to focus on our work. We've been able to network more. A lot of the things that we've been doing for the last five to 10 years in terms of virtual networking and Zoom and all this kind of stuff just became second nature to absolutely everybody. But it's like, I have to tell you, like there were, there were times people would say, oh, can't you just ring me? Because they didn't want to have to download the Zoom app prior to lockdown when we were using Zoom all the time. Now mm-hmm. everyone's got it. Everyone knows how it works. It's just a way of doing business. It's just a way of life. Yeah, so, yeah it's been... I don't think there's anything wrong with accepting or saying that there's, yeah. there's, there's been benefits that come out of the pandemic. In fact, I go so far as to say you should give yourself a pat on the back for that because, you know, in every crisis, there is opportunity. And mm-hmm. just as in every recession, there are people who come out of it much better off than they were to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it might be a bit insensitive to be celebrating when other people are suffering, but you know, if you've positioned yourself well enough in a market that even during the worst catastrophe that the world has ever known, you come out smelling of roses, you've done pretty well. You deserve some credit for that. Yeah. yeah the, the way I describe it is, is my, my first business was a game game store. So board games, D and D magic, that mm. kind of stuff. And so, so the analogy I go to is, is sometimes when you learn to play a game, you get halfway through and you'd be like, Oh, now I understand how this game is played and I've been playing it wrong the whole time. And I've yeah. definitely lost. But then let's say a cat jumps up on the table and runs across the board, and knocks all the pieces around. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, gosh, darn it. I guess we're just going to have to start over. Yeah, exactly. And so here we are. A cat just ran across the table and some people, you know, there's some people are still staring at the board and being like, oh, everything's ruined. And other people are playing the new game and they're, you know, they're winning because they realize that there's this, this huge opportunity mm. to either play the old game better yep. or play a totally new game. And, and it's, it's all about mindset that yeah. and I talk to people with, with the, the fixed mindset all the time who are just, who are, you know, trying to get back to normal. Like, you know, it was terrible in 2019 for them and they're trying to get back to normal. So it can be terrible in 2022 as well, mm. as opposed to other people, the growth mindset who said, all right, we're playing a new game. How can we win? And, and you know, and, and in this new world, this post pandemic world, it's new for everybody. You know, no matter how experienced you were, how connected, whatever you had, the board got flipped. Yeah. And, and there's a chance, you know, and, and someone like you, you've been, you know, Phil, you've been networking online and in this space for years and years and years. So you had advantage. You're like, ah, welcome to my world. I've been setting up the party for you. And yeah, and exactly. Showed up. Everyone, um, everyone's suddenly playing in my backyard. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone wants to but, play my game now. This is fun. But, but the opportunity still exists that yeah. there's still plenty of people who are still trying to play the pre-pandemic game. Sure. And, and there's a lot of opportunity to get in there and just, I think the biggest thing that happened, what you know, wasn't that I went online, it's that everyone else everyone went else online. went online. Yeah, you're and so right. So suddenly 
you know, like, like the event that we met at used to be an in-person event. They moved yep. it to virtual. I couldn't afford the tickets, the in-person version of that. Mm. Was it $5,000 for tickets before they, uh, mm-hmm. before they went online and it, it was $147 to, to go to the virtual version. Yeah. And so Nine I was day. able to make connections. I never could have made in person. You know, I would have had to you know, sell my car to, to go to an event like that. Mm. And then I could make those connections and, and really up level and, and then you know, I just did the same thing I did when I first built my New London County network, which was like, hey, you're pretty cool. You're pretty cool. Let me introduce you to each other. Mm. And now each of you say, wow, that Michael Whitehouse, you know, is a guy. Do you know what? Like I, I have a friend in, in Southeast Asia and he considers himself an investment uh, connector and he does exactly that. And he doesn't actually have any investment knowledge. What he does is he finds investors who are looking for t- particular types of businesses. Then he finds businesses who are looking for particular types of investors and goes, ah, you two might like each other. And then mm-hmm. gets a slice of the deal, often with a cash advance plus equity within whatever opportunity it is they're doing. And he's mm. cleaning up. Like he makes some good. And he says, like, I don't actually sell anything. Like I just make introductions to people and done in the right way. It can be incredibly profitable. And, and to use the game analogy, you know, there are lots of people and I, I'm unashamedly saying I'm one of these people who now that now the game has changed. He's saying everyone knows I had a hotel on Park Lane, right? Like that's, that's, that's the way it's going. I'm going to have my hotel on park lane. Um, I don't want a hotel by the way. That's, but <laughs> yeah, you don't I, want an actual I, hotel, I really don't want an actual no, hotel. That sounds like way too, there's too many people involved in that. Like I love people as part of my business. I don't want to see people in my downtime too. Um, <laughs> like if I get, I, I'm one of those people. It's like, if I'm going to go to Disneyland, I'm like, what would it take for me to rent the whole of Disneyland? In fact, <laughs> funnily enough, I did this and my wife was like, you're such a snob. We were stood in the queue. Uh, at Disneyland Paris and I was googling how much is it to rent the whole park for a day and she's <laughs> like you're insane like you could do so much more with that money you're not even if you can afford it I don't even know how much it is now it turns out they won't let you uh, okay. um, they they yeah it's just not happening um, but I'm that guy because like when I'm working I love spending time with people when I'm with my kids I just want to be with my kids mm. you know um, but you I Listen, this is why we got on so well, because, you know, you you were already seeing the power of networking. So for me to be able to say to you, OK, look, here's how you do it on a podcast was just natural progression. Yeah. But I, I appreciate you for bringing up that. Well, I appreciate you for lots of reasons, but I particularly appreciate you bringing up the the fact that we crafted a, that new offer because I hadn't forgotten, but I didn't make the connection when I was talking. Yeah. About, I was actually referring to someone else. Yep, yep. Um, but no, you're right. And, I, and I'm glad that it's worked out so well for you. It certainly presented a lot of opportunities for um for us to be able to work together i mean i think that's the biggest irony of this whole thing is that uh michael and i were talking about his offer helped it to put a new offer in place and it sounded so good i bought it <laughs> it says like oh, i want in on this like yep. help me with my summits and yeah well I, I think that's that's the thing you know, we talk about how how uh your friend in south Asia, you know, making all this money off that yeah in my book there's a chapter which is entitled monetization makes the world go round mm-hmm. which is written for an audience of one this guy right here because I have made so many connections. I've made people, I've gotten people jobs. I've gotten them put together deals. Mm-hmm. And I have been historically very bad at taking a piece of that. Right. So, so I've been, I've been doing a lot of charity, a lot of charity networking, um, mm. putting people together. And, they, and they're like, oh, thanks for doing this. We made you know so much money. I'm like, yay, good for you. Where's uh, mine? Mm. And, and so that's really been the challenge of, of you know, how, how do you how to, how to productize it? How to to monetize it? How to turn it into 
into a business, um, which is which is where you know the like the networking concierge service came from. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of kind of taking what I'm already doing, you know, meeting meeting with 70, 80 people in a month. The, the simplest part of that is is my clients pay me to keep them top of mind. Mm. So as I'm going around making connections, they uh, I'm 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 thinking, okay, you know, who does does Phil need to meet this person? Does Bob, does Susie, does Jen? Mm. And just kind of quickly run down the list saying, who needs to meet this person? This one, this one, this one, this one. And then of course the person I meet with comes out of it and with nine introductions I just made for them mm. and thinks that was the most productive half hour they've ever had in their Definitely. networking career. But to me, it's serving my clients mm. by sifting, you know, sifting through it and is realizing that nobody has time to do. Uh, it's one of the epiphanies. So I, I'm in a, a group called the Success Champions Network that Donnie mm-hmm. Bobine runs. And and he was he was sharing once. He's like, yeah, if you're spending, you know, if, if you're one of those connectors and quotes who's spending 20 hours a week networking, you're networking too much. And I thought about that and I said, for, you know, if you have a business where you do a thing uh, and, you know, you should be making websites or. You yeah, should, but it's when it's your uh, business, that's different. But, right, right. I mean, of course, you know, talking to me, I'm not networking too much. That's the thing I do. But for a lot of people, I think they fall into this trap of they're not, they're, their network is not focused. No. It's not built on finding clients. It's just they get into it because it's easier than doing the work they're supposed to do. And yeah. Uh, and and so when I heard that, I'm like, either I need to network less, or this needs to be my business. It's and funny because so, of course, it's my business uh, because I don't want to do it less. I think a lot of the traditional networking routes. Um, oh, screw it! It's my podcast. I'll say it. I think they suck. Like they re- <laughs> like they really really suck. Like uh, I love networking. But like some of the main places that you think of to go to networking really stink for networking. So things like exhibitions where you just do that stupid business card exchange with people. And what's the point? You might as well just picked up a big pile of business cards because you still have no idea who those people are the next day when you need to speak to them. And they don't know who you are either. So it's pointless. The only time you actually get to sit and listen to somebody talk for more than two minutes is one of the guys on stage presenting something. And sometimes they're interesting, but a lot of the time in my experience, those things are very hit and miss. There are some great speakers and there are some horrific speakers and they don't warn you in advance. Like they don't have a a great, a grading next to their name in the program. So you go, Oh, I'm going to the A star, but I'm going to give the deer swerve. Like they don't do that. So you end up just sat there feeling awkward listening to this person. And I often find that the people there are usually either business development or small business owners just flogging whatever it is that they're doing. It's like, no, everyone's selling, no one's listening. Yeah. Right. Then there's things like BNI, right? Now, I know BNI is very successful globally. I, I'm just speaking my personal experience here. Every time I went to a BNI breakfast morning, it stank. Like it, re- like it really, really stank. Like I, I just spent most of the time thinking all of these people already know each other. They're essentially here once a week for breakfast. That's why they're here. They're standing around talking in clicks and everybody, when you go around the table and you got to do that 30 to 60 second pitch about what it is that you do or, or a bit of an introduction or whatever, nobody's listening. Everybody's just thinking about what it is that they're about to say. So no one's doing any listening. So then they go, right, who wants to speak to each other? And they go, uh, I don't. What, what do you do again? And then you do the whole thing all over again. It's just such an unproductive way of doing networking. So, so, so BNI, um, so a, a couple things about that. One is if you listen to the BNI philosophy that comes from, you know, Dr. Meisner and comes from the, the education they do, mm. um, everything you just said is what they're not supposed to do. Right. But you have to actually listen to that to learn it. 
and yeah, there's it. no way for them to force people to do training. But what, what BNI is the, the entry-level networking. You mm. don't know how to network. You want to network. It's the training wheels you of networking. You go to BNI. Yeah, okay. And, and for, for, you know, your, for a lot of businesses, you know, for realtors, for contractors, for a lot of those folks, uh, what they're supposed to do is learn how to, how to support each other and, and they often develop what are called power spheres. So mm. the realtor passes business, the mortgage guy who then passes business to the home inspector who passes business. Um, and they get that little, little circle going on. But what they're really supposed to be doing mm. is, teach, is teaching the other members how to help each other. Yeah. Um, which to us comes naturally. We, we yeah, have yeah. a conversation. We're like, how can I help you? Yeah, yeah, but if you're not used to that, you need someone to really like lay it out. Okay, you. I need people who, when you hear someone say this, yeah, say you, this to you them, say this, yeah. which will prompt an introduction, and they'll say, "Oh, okay, yeah." Because most people are willing to help; they just either don't know how or they're lazy. So you have to make it make it easy for them. Yeah. The, the problem with BNI is that, uh, I, and I think it might be a a symptom of their growth that they've grown so rapidly. Yeah. And they're encouraged to grow, and when you're encouraged to grow, you lower your standards. So you're like, oh, you seem to want to grow your business and can fog a mirror. Come on in. Uh, mm. And so it's not an exclusive group. So there's so you can't say you better do the training or you're not going to get to stay in. They, they I was um, I was left with a sour taste in my mouth. So I, yeah. I didn't know the philosophy behind it. What I'd experienced was four different groups. I thought maybe it was that group. I tried four different <laughs> groups and they were all exactly the same. And there's there was a couple of things that went in its disadvantage, I think, for me. Um, again, just my own personal perspective. I'm not saying that this is every this is written off now. BNI screwed everybody. Never use it again. I'm just saying this is my experience. Number one, I think the factors that went against it that it couldn't even control. Number one was I am not a morning person. Oh, yeah. Um, so I like I work US time from the UK and I'm really comfortable with the fact that I go to bed at like two, three a.m. because I like that, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas getting up at six or seven a.m. to go to a room to talk to a plaster about why he needs a new van, like I why am I here? Like this is what am I doing with my life? Right. <laughs> the the other thing was that there was a rather overzealous salesperson for the Federation for Small Businesses at my um at one of my groups. And what was really irritating was he came to each group that I came to. So I think he just got all of his business from BNI. So he went to like every BNI chapter meeting in the whole region. So each of the four meetings I went to, he was there. And the guy, no exaggeration, hand on heart, the guy called me five to six times a day for at least four months. Wow. Hi, Phil. Uh, I haven't seen you sign up yet. I'm just looking at the account. I'm in there now. I'm not sure whether it's refreshing properly or whether there's something wrong with the system. Uh, I know you were going to take a look. Did you have a look at that pamphlet I sent you? Hey, Phil, just me again. There's a new piece of marketing information. I'd love to send it to you. What's your address? In fact, why don't I come over and we'll grab a coffee and I'll walk you through the paperwork? And I'm like, go away. Like, <laughs> so in the end, I actually rang the guy and I was like, listen, I said I'd look at it. You've really put me off. Leave me alone. Like This mm-hmm. was like, literally the call. I didn't hear from him for about two weeks. And he brings me back saying, hi, Phil, it's been about two weeks since we last spoke now. We just wondered whether you had any more thoughts. I had to block his number in the end, right? Wow. I met this guy at BNI. So not only did I not get anything out of it, I developed a stalker. Um, <laughs> so, but it, like, even the people that were there, and I don't mean this in like a disrespectful way, but even the people that were there, like I didn't know how I could help them and I had no idea how they could help me. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, 
you know, when we talk about networking and we talk about law of reciprocity, what can I do to help somebody? Because that person might be able to help me directly, or they might be able to make an introduction or a referral to someone that can. So you mm-hmm. start with law of reciprocity. My experience with BNI was that law of reciprocity was the furthest thing away from whatever was in everybody's mind. Everybody was like, what am I getting from this? And if I'm not getting anything, then I'm getting a free breakfast and a, a bit of quiet away from the office. Like that was kind of my interpretation of it. Wow. Yeah. And then that's, that's a, that's a very powerful perspective. Cause I, and I, I wonder if, if it's, if they got one of those things where in the, you know, in the BNI corporate offices, they're like, this is our philosophy and they go out to the meetings. But of course, when they're out at a meeting, they're on their best behavior. Mm. Um, and, and no one, and of course, you know, the, your stalker probably either wasn't a member or was a member who wasn't supposed to be, cause that is definitely not how you're supposed to be behaving, but he's, you know, he's, he's kind of the, the, the the parasite that's attracted to the light um, yeah and and so that that's some of the some of the issues well but of course your impression of the organization yeah. formed based on this guy who probably wasn't even in the organization mm. uh, and there's not a mechanism to to keep that person out uh, or there is but it's not really robust because again they're thinking like maybe you could be a member oh maybe i think i think it kind of just feels a bit like um you know that that mission statement's written on a wall at head office but it doesn't trickle down to the actual events. yeah yeah definitely doesn't reach uh, which which i think is one of their yeah i i would love to see bni create elite chapters oh that would be really um, clever cuz yeah. they've got the you know, the regular chapters for the for the plaster guy and the realtor and, the, and yeah. if they get their business out of that it's totally worth their time but i would love to see them create especially in the virtual times um and I, I did talk to someone BNI who said that they're they're thinking about this kind of concept of like a a, a super chapter or a regional chapter that would mm. be that would be a state or a region or a theme because um, you know as as a in the coach consulting space you know when I was focusing more on coaching I'd be like I've been a group of twenty five coaches because mm. you put twenty five coaches in a room and none of them are competitors they're like, if anything mm. they're like oh we do the exact same thing we should team up yeah definitely yeah, your, your two painters are never going to say we should team up but two like. I'm a painter. You're a painter. We're going to fight in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. I'm a coach. You're a coach. Sweet. Let's coach together. Can we, can we do a joint webinar? Can we do a, mm. like, how can we collaborate on this? And, and that, that's been sort of interesting culture shock for me too, going when I, when I went online, when I, when I uploaded myself to the internet, as I sometimes mm. put it, I started to meet all these people this very positive win-win abundance mindset. And everyone around me was like that. Cause that's mm. people I was meeting. That's people who are at my events or at my summits. Mm-hmm. It's people I was introducing. They were introducing me to other people like them. Mm. And then I'd go back to a chamber business after hours when those reopened or a, a BNI event or something like that. And they didn't change, but I mm. changed. I'm like, oh, wait, how did you not learn all this in the last nine months? And we all go to COVID university and learn how to be abundant thinkers. And, no, they just sat around just... waiting for it to go back to the way that it was. Yeah. Like I, I speak to loads of event organizers and, and some of them did the same. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, they were like, let's just ride it out. You know, in-person events will come back. But like now the reality is like most event organizers I know have now mastered going online. They mm-hmm. sell far more tickets, raise far more money, create far bigger lists and much big, wider attention because they no longer have a catchment area. They yeah. no longer, you know, everyone can now join from wherever. And that's been incredibly powerful. And I know some that are like, we will, why would we ever go back to an in-person event ever again? Mm-hmm. Like not only is it more profitable to do it this way, we don't have to fork out an expensive real estate. We don't have to do like, it's, it, it's just, it's next level, right? It's very, very yeah. different. And again, like everything has just changed. Like things haven't been 
removed they've been replaced so Mm -hmm. you know the giveaways that you get you know with like the key rings and the bags and all the kind of t-shirts and stuff that people give you at exhibitions and things those are now just digital giveaways yeah so or like if somebody signs up you get like a box and they'll send you like a mug or like a t-shirt or whatever it's going to be right so it hasn't it hasn't gone away it's just changed and the people who are going to get left behind are the ones who are waiting for it to change back because I don't think it's going to. <laughs> is the guy standing at the bus stop that the bus doesn't go to? Yeah, anymore. exactly. Yeah, 100%. Now, just, it, it's like character of a sitcom. Like, no, no, the bus is coming. Uh, the bus hasn't come in six months. Yeah, but it's coming back. Yeah, exactly. I'm well, like, look, if, if B and I don't want to do these elite chapters, I, we might end up doing it. We might um, do that. that we, should just, we should just do that because um, <laughs> it would be great. And, and you know, we'll show them how it's done and we'll actually make sure that our mission statement is implemented into the events not just written on the office wall mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of a dig at bni there um <laughs> but speaking of events and summits and all the rest of it before we, we wrap up i'm really keen to talk to you about your event because i know you've got a great event going on at the moment that you're recording for um talk to me yeah. about your summit what's going yes. on yeah so the event we're coming up is a global networking summit um, <laughs> love it and and uh the, so the focus is on is that and it's kind of a a, a hybrid between recorded and live live virtual as opposed to live in person yeah uh, so we've got we've got about 30 great um yeah 30 great speakers with all kinds of powerful knowledge and one of the things i love about doing the interviews is i get to learn from all these people firsthand yeah, yeah. directly with them so uh and, and you know if, if you just attend a third of of the content you'll learn a lot if you attend all of them it's it's a it's a it's a master class master class at the right term you learn a lot you know, you, you come out of it a different and better person. It's tremendous. And then what I'm doing, because, you know, I'm the guy who knows a guy. I can't do it all according to summit. That wouldn't make any sense. Yep. So we're going to have some live live networking, uh, live engagement. We're going to do some, um, yeah, we're still working on, on all the exact details as we record this, but uh, there's going to be some uh, live coaching going on. Uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. hot seat coaching. And, and the cool thing we're doing, because, of course, the Global Networking Summit. And so we're thinking like, well, when should we do it? So we're in the right time zone. So we're, they were in the right time for, um, cause you know, England's in one time zone, Australia's yep. another one. And I said, well, what if we just did it for 24 hours and then it'd be in every time zone. So on the, on the last day of the event, which by complete coincidence is the 24th, didn't do that on purpose. Love it. On the 24th is 24 hours around the globe and, and, you know, attendees are welcome to attend uh, you know, as much or as little as they want. If they want to stay up for all 24 hours, pound Red Bulls and and uh, figure by the end of it, they'll be like, all right, I'm here to make more connections. But, uh, yeah, they can come for two hours. You can come for 24 hours. But it's just a chance for everyone from all over the world. We're really kind of driving home this point we've been talking about, that there are connections to be made all over the world and that, mm. you know, we can connect everywhere, anytime. Um, so, you know, really excited about this. Then we've got some some plans it's as well as as we started putting it together the op, the the concepts just started proliferating out of it yeah so so i i can't even tell you what all the downstream activities and programs are going to be because we don't even know yet we're discovering you know we're, we're unwrapping this present as we go and it just gets gets bigger and better and more and more things coming out of it so i love it well, so it's that, certainly been exciting i'm i'm being glad that we've been involved and been able to play our part it's been a lot of fun mm-hmm. Um, and actually for, for an offer for the audience who are listening, um, Michael was talking about on the, on the 24 for 24, um, there's going to be some hot seating going on there as well. I'm happy to throw in my expertise and lead one of those rooms, Michael, in terms of a breakout, if people want to uh, nice. talk about how they grow their credibility. I mean, as you well know, from a lot of these networking events we do together, the, 
there tends to be an awful lot of opportunities and uh, introductions and money that falls out of these things because Mm -hmm. you know even just with the two of us right here i'm pretty sure we could keep somebody's business fueled for at least the next two to three years just on introductions alone yes um so so yeah i'm happy to throw myself my hat in the ring there and and provide that support because i think it'd be a it's a great event i'm looking forward to it um awesome and i believe just before we wrap up that you also have a giveaway for our audience to make sure that they can get the most out of that as well i do indeed uh so so yeah i wrote a book the guy who knows the guy mm-hmm. uh, which is a relatively short book but still book length mm-hmm. um book so length. i distilled that down into the the power five networking tips so basically the entire book distilled to one one page um which is you know five tips if you go to my website guy who knows a guy.com right there at the top there's a little form there you fill that out and i will email you um email you that and then in in that email will also be a link to my calendar uh because i you know the best way to to connect and learn is to meet with me. And so I encourage, and, and so for those of you who are listening, because I often listen to podcasts in the car, I would suggest that right now you should put on your signal. I almost said right signal, but they could be in England. Put on your signal, go to the side Just of the road. Drive across traffic. Yep. Stop the car somewhere it is safe. Make sure it's safe. Take your phone and go to guywhoknowsaguy.com right now, because you will definitely not remember that by the time you get home. That's true. So, so fill that out right now and uh, you'll get an email. You can then read the email when you get home. But in that, you'll get the Power 5 networking tips, and you'll also have the chance to schedule uh, schedule with me and, uh, and and definitely do that because I, you know, you who is listening, I want to talk to you. Often I listen to podcasts. I'm like, I don't know if that guy wants to listen, talk to me. I, Michael Whitehouse, want to talk to you. Insert your name here. So definitely do that, and I'd love to connect. And uh, yeah, you may be booking a few weeks or months out because my calendar gets a little full. But when available, I would certainly like to make that connection. I love it. And it's a, it's a great piece of advice. It's a great giveaway as well. The five power networking tips. There's a, there's also a link in the show notes below. Uh, for those of you who are watching this on video, uh, head over to the podcast link in the comments below, and it'll take you to the full bio and printout uh, and the, the page. So that'll be great. Uh, might I also suggest Michael that you also add in uh, when people are downloading the power five networking tips that you also send them a link to the summit that if they want to get involved there, they can yes. do. Um, I will also include a link to the summit underneath. How can people get involved in that if they wish to? What are the dates? What's the deadlines? What does that look like? Uh, the dates are February 21st to 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can you can actually view the content for free on, 20, uh, on the, the appropriate days, 21st, 22nd, 23rd of February. Uh, and then with the VIP upgrade, it gives you a chance to attend the live networking, to get the recordings, to get um, the giveaway packs, which are much more valuable than keychains and, and Oh, pens. for sure. Like there, yeah. there's some... Yeah, one of our one of our speakers actually put in a a nine thousand dollar offer into wow. the VIP pack, which is included uh, mm. with the VIP ticket. So, well, the networking alone is worth the price of the right, VIP right. ticket. As simple as that. What 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 do you do? You know what you're charging for VIP? Don't worry, ninety seven dollars. Oh, ninety seven bucks. Okay, so yeah. for the sake of ninety seven dollars, I mean, <laughs> okay, even just to put it in this perspective, audience. Um, if you're coming to the the hot seating and you're going to come in and do that session with me, that session would usually cost you at least three grand. Um, wow. So that the fact that you're going to be doing that for, for $97 and getting all those giveaways and getting to meet everyone else and the additional networking. Um, if you haven't already blocked out the 21st to the 24th, 
uh, of February, then I would suggest that you do that. Um, even if you can't book out the whole time, book out the 24th, make sure you can be there for as much of it as humanly possible. Order yourself some nice, uh, you know, hot cup of Joe. Uh, make sure you can <laughs> spend the whole night with us. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But no, I, I, look, I know the people who are coming. Uh, I know the conversations that are going to happen in there. Many of these people, and I know this from personal experience because I work with many of them, many of these people create $100,000 plus deals in these very rooms with people. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible the kind of opportunities that come out of, well, you know, because you're working on one of them. It's like, we should yep. do this and this. Who do we know that can help us? And mm-hmm. it's the whole who, not how. So, Michael, thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. I always love talking to people who love networking as much as I do, especially people that recognize the power of it. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Thank you so much for the gift as well for the Power 5 networking tips. I think that's going to be something our audience can definitely take and unplug into what they're doing right now, which is which is going to be fantastic. And the Global Networking Summit, 21st to the 24th, which is the VIP Networking Day um, of February. That's going to be absolutely fantastic. Make sure that's marked in your calendar. Thank you so much for being here, brother. It's been a lot of fun. Yes, thank you. I was very excited to be on here. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you got to listen to this one back as well because you're a fan of the podcast. You gonna uh, listen I will. To this one too. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's smart. Whoever yeah. this is, I need to meet him. I love this guy. Yeah, I love this man <laughs> podcast. Uh, awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much for being here. To our audience, uh, take good care of yourselves. I am really looking forward to seeing you at this networking event. Um, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it's probably early January now. It's just before Christmas for us here. So, uh, Michael, I will wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, brother. Uh, lots of love to your family. We're doing some exciting things together in the new year. So long may it continue, my friend. Merry Christmas to you as well. This is Billionaires in Boxes, attracting our tribe with our vibe. What you want, making money while you in your box of shorts Feel like nothing yeah. or nobody is stopping you Even when they said it, it was impossible No need for hesitation, feel P, yeah, that's your man Go from the best kept secret to the go-to brand Let's go, hey Billionaires, billionaires and boxes Hey, billionaires, billionaires and boxes Hey, time to grow, make the world know all about you Hey, billionaires, billionaires and boxes Let's go